What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the episode one of the Engineering Podcast. We have with us today Mr. Madhin, who is the VP of Engineering at Zenfits Vancouver. Without much further ado, let's just jump on to the episode. Thanks, Madhin. Thanks for taking time to share your insights with us and welcome to this show. Before I get into the topics of discussion today, I just want to give a quick introduction about why this podcast came into existence and what we are trying to do with this. So uh, I've been around in this field for, let's say, close to eight, nine years now. And I, I started my career as a manual tester, and then I gradually went into automation and now uh, engineering. In this pathway, I've actually interacted with so many folks in software development, in DevOps side of things, in SRE side of the world too. And I also actually uh, very recently because of working with startups, I've seen them all come together and people wearing different hats and doing these to drive the process of software development. Then I spoke to some other friends as well. I kind of found out that the challenges were somewhat uh, very different depending on the size of the organization, but the underlying uh, philosophy of how people are trying to solve it was somewhat very similar. So the whole intention of this podcast is kind of talking to folks who are in this domain and then trying to understand what are their challenges and how they are solving it in their way. So like with that, I would like kind of start, start this podcast by having a quick intro of you. Mm-hmm. So if you could just give us uh, uh, where you came from, where you are now, that would be great. Uh, well, uh, long short, uh, a sweet 20 years career that I'm finishing now in this professional world. Uh, currently, I'm working with Zenefits uh, and I have been with Zenefits for the last five and a half years. Uh, and prior to my Zenefits experience, I was with a hedge fund, which is on the Wall Street, working off their offshore in Hyderabad, India, for predominantly entire 14, 14, 15, nearly 15 years with them. So sometimes it feels a little stark, funny difference coming from a company where I was with them for 15 years into a startup world where somebody told me, hey, I have known everything inside out of this company and was with the company for hardly six to 10 months. So living the life of, uh, I won't say kind of like, you know, a process and a non-process, but like, you know, a company which is more established and the culture of the valley wherein it's like, you know, Wall Street, a buzzing, uh, running fast kind of a thing. So that's a short and sweet uh, 20 years of comparison that I'm looking at. Uh, but there's kind of a lot of stark things that uh, I have been through. Like, you know, I started my career as, as obviously a developer. Um, pretty early in my career, I had a good set of team and was developing. The change from, again, that part of the world to this part of the world, there you had a little touch of process around everything, right? Be it hiring, be it working, be it even the code releases, right? Um, I will touch the subject of how we, how I myself evolved doing the QAs and kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But then here, like, you know, playing all roles, wearing all hats, as you just described, uh, trying to wear different things. 
currently in Zenefits. I started my career with Zenefits as the site lead for their Vancouver office. Um, and, and brilliant set of engineers there, right? Um, Zenefits, uh, to a little extent of covering what Zenefits does, right? So Zenefits uh, is an all-in-one uh, people's operation, as we call it now. Mm. And its its history is very good. And when you hear from some of the founders and their story, how they started, it's also good. How they have pivoted and how the current management is pivoting is also good. So quality versus velocity is always on the air and how you balance is uh, an art. Uh, I, I won't claim I, I have basically figured it out, but it's it's really interesting to understand how you want to balance when you want to pick one up, when you want to pick the other one up. So then if it started as a site lead, uh, startups go through a roller coaster. And they say, right, when the coaster is going down, you, you get a lot of pump up. Yeah. I've lived it a couple of times. Uh, and started picking their infrastructure team, build the infrastructure team again from scratch. Uh, that's interesting challenge to see what some 15 people senior engineering team has built to pick that up and run the show. It's, it's a different set of challenge, right? You know, coming from the process company where you're building on top of things versus picking suddenly something and trying to die. And then right now, uh, have a couple of other verticals uh, rolling into me, both the product, uh, the infrastructure, and the peripheral teams, and trying to dwell into something which is latest buzz of leading the growth team, growth engineering team in particular. So wearing multiple hats, learning learning the same art that you said, like you know, trying to switch in hats and try to feel. Um, measure of success is always important. So still yeah. to find out where I am. Uh, I could completely relate to this whole um, process-oriented company and a hyper-growth startup. Like, and, and a hyper-growth startup has its challenges, but on top of it, you're actually adding SaaS. Mm. SaaS has, brings its own kind of challenges and to kind of build your organization alongside building your product and not compromising on both quality and velocity is, is a tough balance to take. And, and, and I think uh, that's that's kind of what is very unique to this problem space, right? Like startups that are hyper growth and most of companies right now are predominantly SaaS-based companies. It's going to be multi-tenancy model and all of this brings a fresher new perspective to whatever we have been thought about in the theoretical knowledge of computer science. So that's actually very, very interesting. That's kind of what as a code we want to talk about in this broadcast as well. Just on that context, so um, I, I believe Zenefits is predominantly targeted towards small and medium-scale businesses, right? Hmm. So um, how, how does SaaS play uh, into their way of business model? SaaS as a thing, uh, if, you, if you predate IAS, PaaS, and then SaaS, right, uh, historically. So Zenefits, uh, from, from the product and the product perspective and a strategy perspective, right? Zenefit started with solving a very critical problem for the small and medium segment, right? And that's why it's Zenefit's uh, benefits with a Z. Z uh, yeah. And they started solving the problem. And as, as far as I have read and understood, I have not met the original CEO uh, in person. Um, what, I, uh, what I understand is he, he felt there was a huge challenge of solving uh, the problem space that we had. Uh, for for any small and medium segment uh, company, not only the company, right? The company is because of the way the product is getting structured. Exactly. About the lives that you are touching, right? The critical part of Zenefix is the lives you are touching. You are touching lives of people who are living paycheck to paycheck. A simple problem in their uh, benefits calculation or a payroll calculation can impact a life, right? 
to, to be really honest about this entire process, uh, being in Disha, there was there was a team that we were building products for HR, right, and uh, leave tracking and all these things. At the time, being a junior engineer, it never hit my head on the back like you know this could be such a critical world problem that needs needs a solution. Um, well, sometimes you feel wow. Could Disha have basically open sourced this project and could they have also leaped into it? But that was not the bread and butter of Disha as a company. And then if it's, uh, I hear like when Parker basically stepped in and he found that. And that was a beautiful business model, right? Every, I mean, we are in a fast paced world in 21st century and you're still dealing with papers to get your basically uh, benefits approved. Um, sometimes a negative connotation of an angle here you're sitting and you have an emergency uh, in your family. The last thing you would like is to call your broker and say, hey, can I basically use my insurance? That's right. In our part of the world in Canada, we have some coverage. Yeah, we deal with some different problems when we talk about going into emergency in ERs, right? That's totally different. But we have a coverage. But in case of US and with Obama's uh, presidency, he came up with that Affordable Care Act, right? If you are having an employee, you have to provide a benefit solution. Yep. Now, what does an entrepreneur do? Does he do the paperwork? What does an employee do? Does he continue to do the paperwork? And this came in as a solution. And it suddenly expanded, like benefits is not going to solve your problem, right? We were solving a benefits problem, but without having up to the payroll, you can't really say how much should be a deductible, right? without onboarding an engineer and finding, oh, which zip code they're living, what is their tax rules, what are those things you cannot. Now, if you want to expand into small and medium segment, you have lots of people working on hourly, clock in, clock out. Now, all these different products, which are individual products, seem to come tying together. Thank right? you, though, yeah. And uh, from application perspective, from a deployment model perspective, we were always SaaS, right? We were on the cloud, or maybe I can say infrastructure as service, and we were able to deploy, to a little bit extent, it was a SaaS model. But from the business perspective, it was always benefits first. And 2018, the strategical shift happened and it became, a, even a business perspective, it became a SaaS first model, right? Where you're selling the product, the SaaS product on cloud. And there's a reason and rationalization uh, to that. You don't want to be in a world wherein you're competing with uh, like the brokerage firms, right? Yeah. They are established companies, they are doing things you can be partners with them and you're, you're, you're with expense on the horizon to sell. And now what is problem? Definitely like you know, how you interact with a payroll provider, somebody else. So all this, interest. so you can become a SaaS model solving all this problem and work in partnership with others instead of basically competing with others also. So the SaaS model as a business works precisely well, right? And at one point of time, the incumbent CEO had the statement we are here to level the playing field for the 99.7 percentage of the world, which is the SMB market. And without this product, we can't, right? Um, that's one and small anecdote. How I sell Zenefits is, if I, if I remember when I started my career, right, or uh, somebody before me, the only form of doing a gym exercise would be lifting my monitor or CPU. That would be a good exercise for me, right? And we are in a world where we can't now, and we, we need it on mobile. That's one. The second one is um, the entrepreneurship has started a lot more. That's right? true. Whichever part of the country. And you want the entrepreneur to basically focus on the problem that they want to solve 
Rather, what happens? The entrepreneur comes and his first problem is how to hire a team, how yeah. to provide them payroll, how to provide them benefits. And that problem, we want to take it off their head and let them basically solve the real life problem that they want to. Right? As an employee or an employer, I don't want to be sitting and trying to find. Oh, do I have a commuter benefit? Do I have a life insurance? Can I use it? If I have a qualifying life event, if I have a kid, should I be saving something? Let's take all this off them. Let them have the peaceful life and let them focus there. So that's where this product as a whole um, touches life, and a product as a whole, it needs to be as a still platform as service on cloud as a SaaS model as well as a product strategy as SaaS model. But this is not a problem to be solved only for a US market. Yes. Any part of the world where you have entrepreneurs, whenever till you have an employer-employee model, you need to solve this. Whether this is under the label of benefits, under the label of foo, under the label of that doesn't matter. But this is such a novel thing that we have to continue to solve problems for. Yeah, I, I totally agree because uh, I, I've I've actually interacted or actually been part of some of the startups where like the total employee base was somewhere around ten to twelve folks, but keeping a people operations uh, team just to do all of the uh, accounting and all of the benefits management and insurance management that's a big hassle to have, and it's. more than an hassle there is a lot of uncertainty involved when you're actually bootstrapping your own startup so this is the last thing that you want to be focusing on in terms of putting people power into so but that's that's a great problem space to solve too and i really liked how um, you implied the saas model onto the business model too because you more or less like uh, this is all like a plug and play concept for all exactly. your other uh, other parts of your system so that this way it, you're not restricting it to the things that you can have partnership with rather you're actually making it as broad as possible and making customer first in that mindset as well this kind of brings me to the next question uh, that i had was um well the needs of these business customers are going to be pretty different and uh, some may need some of the features like benefits and mm. insurance all of that together some may not need it how do you handle different features in a saas uh, architecture um I will keep it a little more abstract level with you, and then we can dive it and double click wherever we want. Yeah. When I talk about the pillars of uh, human resource operations, benefits, or uh, payroll, it's good to say as a single word at a top level at fifty thousand feet, right? Mm-hmm. When you just double click, each of them has so many sub components and products, right? How do you do payments? How do you run the payment gateways? How do you basically interact with the bank? Benefits. What is your benefit? Is it having Uh, our chief architect calls like we have uh, startups within startups kind of yep. each of them um, are very critical part of the business every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in at us border patrol protecting our borders is more than a job it's a calling agents answer the call working together to keep our country and community safe If you are ready for a new mission, join US Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov/careers. So that means we are definitely open to you coming and saying, "Hey, you know what? We want to use your product, but we we are already using our payroll system for something else from somebody else, right?" And payroll generally is a very sticky thing as an entrepreneur or as a company might not like to change it every now and then. Yeah, right? that's true. So we also like you know apart from building our own products we have all the integrations that we do right third party and so called second party integrations that we do 
that's yeah. nice so that that it's truly a plug and play model it's, it's, it has to be a plug and play like no otherwise uh, uh, you can just rely on companies which are just starting now and want to use benefits uh, that's true right? so that's very nice now i i really like uh, how you mentioned that it's startup within the startups so this kind of brings me uh, to like kind of very easily leads to the next part of the questions that i had uh, <laughs> about the architecture of uh, of zenefits because um, yeah i i would explicitly for the recording sake like you know call out the question are you microservice are you a monolith are you a yep. hybrid uh, day one since day one i have been trying to understand the space of zenefits i have now i am in a position where i am trying to explain the space of zenefits and why we are right uh, are we a microservice in true sense uh, if i just have to go by the definition of microservice the answer is yes right uh, we are a containerized model we are deployed on cloud in containers we have multiple containers that are running different services well by definition we are microservice right um will love, love anybody to challenge that notion <laughs> um how are we deploying our product today right there are two schools of thoughts uh, and uh, i have a little tunable thought about it of my own uh how you basically do your development has to be different from how you basically push your development back into production for customers to use right as a deployment model so what does uh, if i have to bring in all the book notes uh, of what a microservice means truly not we are a monolith there we have a single repository we deploy as a single code pausing there can we deploy the change as and when we require just for one particular specific product or one particular specific change the answer is yes nice so that's why i'm not calling it a hybrid model right it's it's a model wherein you can deploy the change of a specific part of a product anytime okay right uh how are the interdependencies locked do we have a network level separation do you have a service level handshake maybe yes for whatever as i said multiple containers when they handshake for the needs and as a primary product we are still still deploying one single artifact into our container and we are running it but with the flexibility wherein you can basically deploy a change when you want that brings me to a different part of the question actually so um are your teams also siloed based on what they work on or like are your development teams siloed uh, if they work on payroll if they work on benefits or yeah siloed from the uh, perspective of the product lines that yep. we have product, yeah. we definitely have a payroll team core uh, payroll team we have a benefits team we have a other uh, hr team we have an infrastructure team right each of them have their own portfolio that said uh, uh you can think about zenefits as a hub and a spoke model this is how yeah. i have learned right uh, without my data the payroll team cannot talk about my payroll system without That's my true. data the benefits team cannot talk about my system so i have to be hired a hiring has to be done without my data the you cannot talk about how if i am a clocking clock out employee how do i do a clocking clock out you not talk about my review system so it's a hub and all the spokes internally interact with the meta information definitely there are uh, other uh, lots of projects that we do which are cross cutting across and there is yeah. a dependence that happens right so what if somebody changes their location of stay 
how does it impact like do they have to renew their benefits do they have to change their tax philosophy and there are there are certain uh, states in america which have jurisdictions based tax changes right you yes, have sir. to apply a lot of things so yes we have a core focused engineering development team in each product area which has their roadmap they are looking forward to basically delivering that customer satisfaction at the end of the day it's single common engineering team as an organization we are still a single common engineering org looking at our probably leading into your next questions i'm probably ahead on that you know how does our engineering culture work how does our engineering process work that is common it's not team based it's not team based that's that's good to know uh, and as your engineering team also comprise of uh, qa team sre devops or, um, hmm. or is it all embedded within like how does the model of qa actually work that will be the most yeah that's why I like uh, you know i was just pausing and uh, thinking maybe that i will take a step back and think it from the perspective because that's the main agenda for our discussion today right if if i have to rephrase vidya's question madam what does qa mean to you mm-hmm. right that's that's a precise question that i'm hearing for me uh, as i said like you know from my previous experiences and the current experiences i think qa to me means a process a state of mind right uh, and a culture rather than a set of bodies which are doing something right i don't really think about it we are not uh, we are in a generational shift wherein uh, i one as one does not think that i as a person can just have a free will of writing any code and say okay vidya now that i have written a code you do the testing vidya says madam you what nasty things are you writing like you know go back the cycle is not going to be a fruitful cycle one right uh, i am wasting with just time i am wasting the customer's time and could i have done better yes right quality has i said like you know it has to be a developer mindset um it is it has to be em- embedded into your thing so i don't want to use the terms because the terms might lead into a different thought process when you hear loudly i'm not talking about this as test driven development right yeah uh, all this dds kind of a thing i'm not into that but quality for me means a culture when you write you think about it so we have had uh, multiple ways to think about it and with that mindset what brings forward to me something that i have seen beautiful in zenefits and uh, i won't claim i have seen so many companies because i have just seen two companies right let's be on the fact of the story and here while our bread and butter is to basically build payroll systems benefit systems and simplify people operations this company in their early phase had put their efforts to build an entire cicd system wow a cicd system was built uh tech stack we use github and this was the time when github did not have actions, actions ownerships and none of these were there uh, even they didn't have i i get confused as i knew versus reviewers right they didn't they had one and the other was not there so a product was built which could tag and look at every developer's action on a commit trigger a condition to say hey you cannot merge this code change unless and until you basically get these three things checked off one of the thing obviously is an approver code reviewer and that also the code reviewer uh, because it's a single code base now that's where we double click into the mindset of microservices right yep. i can 
this code change is touched by you, which is owned by Vidya. So she has to approve this. You cannot just put Madan as an approver and just go free will, right? This code, and it, it gradually started. You have to run your continuous test for this code change to be successful to go into the master merge batch, which started as a thing. And then there's this continuous testing philosophy, which is yep. also running. And it runs in two modes, one for the developer mode, wherein like, you know, any code change that you are doing with there, you say that, okay, trigger my test, let my test run. And over a period of time, this system was added so much of intelligence, like, you know, now it understands, okay, Vidya is working in benefits. She is not basically touching a code in the FUBAR system. Why should I run that 10,000 tests for Vidya to wait for that? Right? Identify, like, we can say, okay, I am doing in benefits. One way of doing that is Vidya saying, I am doing it in benefits, just run my benefits test. Yeah. What if you forget, you wait for hilarious 10 more minutes to basically get your code in for one line change, doesn't matter, right? And we had, and the engineering team had felt that pain earlier also. So it has an intelligence built to identify what the code change is, what is it touching, getting the graph and just running those test cases. And those test cases are layered over the previous master to see, oh, these test cases have been successfully run there also, why run it again? Okay. Right. And then, so that's where, like, you know, though it's a single structure, I can run and test only the changes that you are doing for. And if you, if you have a code change, which you think you want to enforce a full build, you run the full build. And the second mode that this runs is every time. So now as a developer, you test it, you are good because you have run some limited tests. Yeah. Out of say 10, you have just run two tests and rest of the things are not run because your code is not code merges the moment your head shop moves up another build is triggered for the master branch which is running all the tests all the time tests and saying good all the tests are passing right it's again time pausing tying it back to our quality and quality as a team so one as i said as a culture i as an engineer developing should make sure i am writing the test cases ah okay right and the moment i ran the test cases my tests are being discovered so we have a test discovery, test run, and the whole suit being run. And then whenever your tests are run and you have the master as green, immediately we deploy into staging. Nice. It's the philosophy of the complete philosophy of CI/CD, not as, as quick as lots of other companies can say, every change we deploy into production. Oh, well, my school of thought says, really? Uh, do we want to? Uh, what would I, what if I break, right? You know, you're balancing the quality there. For that, you need somebody to really, really wet out. Okay, everything is gloriously green on staging, right? You, uh, the other concept of QA talking to a person like you comes is, oh, are you sure your coverage is good? Yeah. Are you sure it's confidently good to go into production? Do you want to build a system to do everything you want to build a team to basically all it up? Or else take that thing goes into staging, somebody verifies and does the thing, right? So that way we are, we have built a complete CI CD suit, which uh, basically deploys the product every day into staging. And leaping on to the next question that you have somewhere down the line is, we believe in being more agile, not from the process perspective, but also from our customer satisfaction perspective. Right? 
why should customers wait for the traditional four week release cycle vetted out go into production identify works works how do you do like you know a canary kind of a deployment how do you do a flat based deployment and not it uh, we are not using products there we have built in products for that which was yeah. another bread and butter so we believe in that agility model and uh, though it's an agile like you know so i will still hold it little uh, sacrosanct and say that we are not that like we deploy every day every new show but we deploy every day so literally for this company of 100 engineers right now we still deploy every day we have some 250 odd releases kind of a thing a year and um, and each of the release goes through this all this cycle that's that's a very good balance to take because uh, yeah like as we start discuss initially right it's a quality versus velocity balance yeah. that each company can take whichever is a priority for them and i i'm i'm very very surprised to see uh, that when a startup actually starts they have actually built a ci cd system for themselves yeah. that's most probably the last set of things that people exactly. think about no, because they want to get their money they are due for like you know for zenfits engineering team their previous uh, heads to basically have thought so forthought like you know uh, plug it in github to basically read an event and do the things and note it like you know over a period of time and the chief architect has been there since day one right and he is very passionate about all this engineering related problems and one time we looked at like you no know, median of time that it's taking to run your tests or it has come down from 2 and 1/2 hours to 45 minutes while these tests are again a qa thought mindset this tests are not just unit tests this tests are not integration they are glue tests right end to end tests also that are running and we are looking at more innovating more and adding framework so that every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in at us border patrol protecting our borders is more than a job it's a calling agents answer the call working together to keep our country and community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join US Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov/careers. Our entire process can be tested and we can put that as a check mark before the production release as well. That that's great. That's great. So, uh and this like when you say teams write their own test cases, do they write mm-hmm. also these end to end test cases or is yes. it only the unit? Oh yes. wow. Yes. That, that's that's uh, very good. Uh, now the question always remains: What is your coverage, right? Uh, how how you do the things? For all big things, there there is definitely a testing. There is something, right? Otherwise, uh, I would be sitting right now and looking at my site and saying, "Is is some problem happening out there?" Right. So I think we have definitely a good scope for improving that. Um, we have changed a little bit on our tech stack on our front end side and we are trying to basically balance the app so we can continue to write a lot more test cases no doubt about it are we doing it religiously probably yes right can we improve on that the answer is yes there too obviously. yeah that's that's cool like uh, so was there any scenario where you had to do a legacy feature testing catch up kind so because you said that uh, th- this is going to be the case for most of the companies i, I believe so there's not always going to be enough enough coverage yeah. at all yeah. so uh, but there will always be this play of catch up to the legacy features and at the same time there are going to be new features going to production yeah. every now and then how, how how do you prioritize those things well i have not been into the thick of lot of product engineering things uh, 
at the same time, like, you know, this, this then uh, translate into the question of more than how is your SDLC processes working right yep. now, right? Uh, when uh, when there are products of big changes that are happening, the engineering team, and then we have a product team and we have a support team as well, right? Customer support, leave the SRE and DevOps out from here. So entire design is done. We have a PRD, product release document, TRD, technical document. It has to be reviewed. It has to be signed off by the architecture team. The product team has to talk about the use cases, why, what's and all. So these are all documented. Nice. Now, whenever a feature change is happening, uh, we also have uh, the other thing comes with the SDLC part, uh, which is catching up a lot more speed in the current era is we have been always talking about customer experience, CX, support experience. There is also a DX, developer experience. Developer experience we are yeah. bringing in a lot more, right? And how can a developer uh, do? In this, in this product business that we are in, one, as you say, the catch 22 kind of a situation continues to happen for one reason with the product feature coming up for the other reason is the data right you can't really simulate a data for what happens in the future for a benefits renewal you don't know yeah right what happens uh, when a law changes what is the tax law changing uh, saying you don't know might be a wrong phrase but you have to basically build a lot of things can you build all those data so we, we also think like, you know, though we have a powerful max and things, how can people still end up testing it? We have built up a system wherein a developer can spin up his own testing environment on cloud with the spoof data uh, to test what is happening. Nice. Right. And uh, if they want some scenario, this was still not sufficient. So we kind of keep on innovating, like, you know, uh, one of our teams started innovating. How can I basically build a set with all the data that is required for my myself to run the test? And the test should still run quick. It cannot run for ages for me to yep. do, and do the things. Right? Uh, I would I would probably uh, step a little back from going deep into that topic with more proprietary information there. So you still need to constantly do this catch twenty two care the race that we are always on. And in case of, uh, it might be true not only with Zenfix, it will be true for lots of other companies. Yeah. Like, you, know, it, you, you have to still think about simulating the exact data, the scenario, what is happening, why not? So generally coming back to the first question that you asked, like how do you do the testing philosophy, right? While you're constantly developing, you always get a new use case, yeah. right? which a customer has a very specific thing, they did a specific action, you never had that, then you start simulating and start adding. So that, I, I don't know if there is a magic wand that can take off any, any company's pain, but that remains, that, that exists here as well. Yeah. So the, the problem, like it again is also very trickier when it comes to SaaS solutions and actually bringing up a testing space for yourself, loading the test data, and the test data has to have its own model to operate in. And it also has to take into account the multi-tenancy model. And then you have to apply your testing on top of it. So th those get very, very tricky. And uh, this is a- I can, is a uh, I can confidently say uh, we have done some innovations wherein that solves a lot of the problem for us. The way uh, we had an old system which used to look at the entire data and our tables are huge, lots of tables. Mm -hmm. 
try to spoof and create a new data there uh, versus how we basically, and that was always a problem. I will just put the problem space like, you know, so if I have to test, say, Vidya's companies coming and saying they have an issue and they have just been created, um, it used to be the problem. Vidya calls me and says, Madam, you have an issue. My simple answer is, okay, Vidya, wait for 24 hours. I will get the data into my test system and I will test it. Not a great thing to basically tell a customer, right? Yeah. But yes, that system was still beautiful. You can just go as a developer, click, spawn an environment, test it. No doubt about the system. But the way that you had to flow the data, it will take the time. It will take the time, yeah. What we have done that in a very nutshell is now I can say, okay, Vidya, wait for five minutes. Let me see what's happening through. So that's a change that we have brought in for our engineers to basically just say, okay, launch a system, find out what is happening. Okay, this is what is happening. And there are two ways to do it you can look at a prod parallel kind of an environment where you can create the environment, test it, both for developer as well as our customer support. They can just go and see Lovely. what is happening really, right? Or else you spin up a graph system which generates the data and creates an environment for you in cloud. Just go. Now you have this URL, go play. If you want to lap over your new code changes and test it, go and change it. So, that's how the answer to the question is, you know, you have a feature branch, you have the data, mix and merge both them, spawn up as a uh, environment and test it there, simple, right? That, that's simple easy. is an easy way for me. Uh, probably my architect, if he's listening to this, sometimes he'll say, wow, it was simple, yes. Kind of <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the same thing too, because you 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 are telling it as a simple uh, concept, but it right. is actually, a, you actually have a very sophisticated system in play to get this, working in like and in true sense this is what is a developer experience or a support experience right like uh th this is exactly what the problem space that we wanted to speak about too because this is slowly becoming the trend of the SaaS companies right now they need a proper way to test their software and that essentially means building a software to enable this testing possible mm -hmm. so uh this kind of leads me to this very curious uh, uh question because so um have you had any incidents from your customers that are very specific to load spikes that happen in your uh, system? And how, how has this system that you've built for testing helped in such triage? Well, that, that I was reserving for my tech challenges that you had, right? Well, we don't, do not have a true load test environment. Uh, equally, it becomes more a critical security challenge if you want to basically replicate the entire production flow into your staging, uh, you don't want to basically uh, yeah. push security team to corner. What is happening? Who can see the data? And it's the product that we are building is in such a privileged, privileged area that like you know, there's a lot of personal information, personal health information. Uh, you need to be very, very critical about the things, uh, right? So building a complete true load system might not be a true solution right now for you. Right. At the same time, uh, I, I will uh, run you through a situation that we had, not from the customer spike way, but we had to basically, uh, a security product was being built to basically find what is happening uh, to be a little more better. And then for that, we had to basically, uh, we were looking at like, you know, the product having a spike in our CPUs and other things, our security team had to think a lot through before it can be put into production. And unfortunately for the security team, they were uh, being roadblocked by Mother as well. Like, you know, hey, if this product has to go, it will really cause chaos in the production. And, and the security team had to do a lot of things there. 
So they did do like, you know, catch over what is the traffic that is flowing, try to simulate that. And we recreated to find where the spike is happening in the CPU metrics. What is it happening? That's it. That was only for the one-off thing. We always have aspired. We always are dreaming that like, you know, we have this one click solution. And according to me, again, I put it very simply, like, you know, I, I like to put it simply so that we can sound it and try. What are you trying to achieve? You're trying to click at a point in time and say, start capturing my traffic requests, all my requests, right? You're taking the point in time and trying to create the database at that point in time from your snapshot. Yep. Then you need just one click. You are in a SaaS model. You should be able to spin out your environment, then set the database and play this. Again, the word simple, right? But to do that, uh, you need a lot of things. And as you said, you need to balance between the ROI of the system. Yeah. And uh, to my experience in the last four years, there, there is definitely an ROI, there is definitely a use of the system, but it has not come up to my thoughts that, yes, we have to do it right now for us to do the things, right? And that too, from the perspective of to solve a quality problem. Good. Yeah. Probably from a security angle, probably from a load testing angle, but not from a pure quality assurance angle. Uh, maybe not at this point of time. But I won't. I won't say never. Say never is what I believe in. So no, uh, we need to have this system at some point of time to identify things. Cool, cool. So yeah, then that kind of leads to the very next question about observability too. So then, if this is the case, how do you monitor your production and your stage and loads? Well, we have uh, definitely again keeping the product names aside. Like you know, uh, observability is not a choice. Yeah. Right for companies uh, and in a SaaS world, observability is not a choice. Uh, not that we learned it the hard way, uh, but as a startup, you have multiple products to look at, use kind of a thing. How you use it is a pretty important thing. So what is, before talking about observability and trying to solve, what are you running against is a question always in your mind. Um, the previous CTO of our company and we used to have a lot of things. And the chief architect, we are very passionate about the word called as MTTR, right? Mean time to recover, repair, uh, recognize, whatever you want to add. The whole thing is I cannot have a wait time for a customer resolution longer than X, we need to really recognize that. How do I identify where I have to basically touch that I start basically solving the MTTR problem to be, it to be as slow as possible? I'm not sure if there is a company in this world or if it will be in our lifetime, which will say our MTTR is zero, <laughs> will be pretty hard, but uh, I, I won't say again, it, can, it is not possible. But the whole thing of uh, observability for me is, Meantime to recover, how can I quickly identify where the problem space is? We, we were in a world when I took over infrastructure wherein we will go into an incident with a checklist. Okay, you check these three things. Okay, you check these three things and we were not slow. We were faster, we were, but it would be burning you out, right? You need to identify, you need to instrument. So observability is instrumentation. The more you instrument, the more it is. And Observability is something that does not give you value for the product that you use right away. It happens to come to your mind when a situation happens and you say, well, good, I have this, 
right? You don't want that situation, but you are more prepared. And monitoring ties ties to that, right? And yep. incident management is a pure way of learning what really transpired through. Mm, right? That's true. And a very critical part of incident management is to be blameless. Right? <laughs> you yeah. don't have, you shouldn't, and you must not go in and write. Vidya came in and added this code of change because of well, I have lost there. I'm not learning anything there. Right? The 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 two lines itself has distorted my uh, incident. What happened? We did not view this. What do you want to do? We learned this, and this is what we want to do. That is the crux of the thing there. And the other crux is if you can narrate the timeline, what is happening. So though we did not have an automated system, what we encompassed is okay. An incident has happened. This is the template. Let's go and fill it. And every future action should have a associated ticket. Try to follow it up, right? And then again, it's not about hey, how many incidents did happen in your team? Okay, how many new learnings did we have in the team? Is first thing that we have to think about and improve. I would not be here had I been always successful and had not goofed up things. Can I stand up and say that I have goofed up things? Yes, I have. Did I learn from them? Yes, that's what helps you to move ahead on the incident management. Yeah, you you actually brought up a very interesting point for uh, incident management. To the blameless culture, it's blameless and it's actually accountability together at the same time. Just one little follow up question uh, around incident management is: um, Do you actually go through all your incidents over a quarter yes. or something, and then learn, uh, figure out some patterns or something about it? Well, uh, as a, as a small engineering team. Uh, Uh, we we have been fortunate and touching all the woods that I can. Uh, like you know, in the last uh, few months, we a few months or a year, so we have put so much of rigor that we are not having major incidents. Like minor things do happen continuously, and we learn from there. And whenever an incident happens, the product team goes into a huddle, tries to see what has happened, where it is. We have gradually increased our rigor on the way that we write data. Like you know, why? What are the cause of this? Was it a quality issue was it a pre production verification issue was it a bug so all the traditional things that we try to capture was it an infrastructure uh, issue and from that on we try to make a list of what happened which area was it which cause was it maybe that's that's a ideation for the next solution that you want to bring right so yes definitely yes and there are definitely ways to enrich that data also we have mm-hmm. our own way of using it in more in a ticket based manner rather than more automated so that's how we do that's that's cool that's cool so I, I, you actually do have a very sophisticated and a system that really does work well in the cycle that's prior to deployment so that that makes things post deployment pretty easier for you so I, i could really see that in action from your description well that that all happened because of all these things goofed up right and we learned from it and no no shy and no harm in saying that we are learning from the things right that's happening uh, totally totally so like what would you call as a tech challenges then uh quite a set uh with their like you know we we are a small team uh, of 80 engineers the product surface is big yeah the surface is large so always the balance one side you're balancing the quality versus velocity right the other side you're balancing feature versus integrity again True. the same i would be surprised in my lifetime a company comes and says that we don't have integrity we, we all have all the companies have their own list of integrities so how do we balance that how do we keep those things going uh tech and the saas world 
is kind of ever leaping ahead right with new changes what do you want to use what you don't want to use is itself a question how much do you want to manage it yourself how much you want to give the flexibility to manage the things what new tech stack do you want to explore from there itself right and the more you are talking about a saas world which is building an app the front end is ever changing ever improving um, and you want to have it mobile first it's that's the challenges that's only the engineering challenges that i'm talking about in the business challenges out yeah. the more we bring in the business and strategy challenge the more the features and product enrichment how quickly can you translate do you want to go faster than this do you want to basically make sure you want to gatekeep entries right those are more strategic oh, yeah. questions that will start coming up but yes as a tech challenge uh, just listening on the question like you know on the tech challenges we are quite a set right we we are looking at our tech stack how can we improve our tech stack if we we have done a quite a set of things with zero downtime which again touching all the woods there uh, but that's always a challenge how can you do that right how can you basically further reduce the issues during a deployment because right now how we do our deployment is late in our night after the business hours so what if we go into a european region and our product is being used at what time should i deploy yeah right um, what if we are on aws what if aws one of the regions blows out where we are how quickly can we come up disaster recovery we do our own tests but how do we basically bring up what are the missing cues what are the missing pieces we keep on constantly identifying then we balance between feature and the tech data right so that's definitely a challenge uh, i would i would love to solve this space but it's continuous challenge there yeah uh, i i one of my colleagues used to keep uh, telling this like the moment we start thinking about solving this as to recovery recovery or multi region deployments it kind of also means the company is growing in the right direction yes. so that's that, that's a good problem to solve or a good problem to have in in any company of this size oh for sure yeah okay. as yeah. i said like you know this this product is just there to expand in a right mode and the moment uh, you want to be ahead of the curve and you don't want to hold the business strategy decision because of your technical challenges right exactly that's what my mind always starts thinking about not today but can i say not tomorrow no right so do you want to be ahead of the curve how ahead of the curve you want to be is again a balance right i can't just throw out bodies at the problem and solve the problem i can't basically build a system which will never be used so analyzing how much ahead of the curve you want to be itself is a question and a challenge that you have to think about yeah so that's that's very very true uh solving the cicd problem is actually crux of the pathway oh. of this yeah so the given the fact that you actually did solve the problem way ahead in your growth is a very big advantage to have when you go further down as well so very very interesting I, i kind of learned a lot from this discussion today for sure like you know when i stepped into then if it's ours oh wow and there was like something that uh, i took over and actually deprecated there was an ownership service right just to be into a double click it would keep updating with every commit oh madan has committed this test case this file so madan is the owner of this and tomorrow when you do any change it can automatically tell okay madan had done that do you want to go and refer to madan and get his approval for this change and it was like wow. thinking so ahead of a thing on the systems was really really beautiful um, some of the things as i said were not the bread and butter for us right so 
how much you want to invest how much you want to continuously develop is the thing and yeah. as i say our architect says like you know and i can confidently say don't want to challenge that big houses here but this is one of the nice products that i have seen comparatively in other compared to other outside spaces also right? ownership or like cic is few problems that growing saas companies are going to forever have if they don't solve it early it's just going to be like larger yeah, number of lines of code and huge of parallelization problems that they have to solve down the line too i think lots of uh, saas companies um, I, i get on to call with lots of people who want to take the brains and they they can i use harness can i use the thing only recommendation as you said is you should think about those kind of developer experience and developer related things early in the phase yeah you should not keep it like you know okay let me develop a product let me put it out let me expand my customer base and then i will solve this problem uh, i i understand the business idealization about it i understand the strategy idealization about it uh, at the same time um, we need to agree to the fact that if we do that way we are incurring a thing that will take us a lot of the race when we are really trying to go leaps and bounds ahead on the race and uh, this was the system uh, i'm talking about that benefits uh, was using when there were 400 engine 200 250 engineers working and they merging codes day in and day out wow. right and strangely at that time we were doing deployments twice a day right uh, wow <laughs> there was the problem was there were some downtimes and we had to look at the infrastructure was not there and i'm talking about 3 years back right and this system has kept on maturing itself Mm. Uh, it's one of uh, I know this is not a bread and butter, but whenever we have talked about this with an outside space guys, they have been a gap about wow, right? You know, you guys. Honestly, this is this is great. So, It's like you. I would honestly even go to an extent of saying uh, this system, the CI/CD system that you have described, has uh, has been given the thought that's equivalent to the product space that you're trying to solve. Exactly. It's, it's, so that that's why this is very very unique. That what you have built is like. awesome and different levels so like you know kudos to the engineers and kudos to people who thought about not only us like you know who are basically enriching it to a larger extent and it's very good now than what it was for sure but then how how they emphasized the problem that early tells you like you know why quality is a culture and a mindset rather than quality yep. being uh, something that we can just say that okay i will attack this problem i will think about quality later this is what quality means to me quality doesn't exactly. mean about just getting a team looking at the product whenever we are building the product thinking about these spaces which gives the flexibility like how zenefits is solving the problem for an entrepreneur or an employee these products are there to solve the developer's problem to really focus on what they want to focus on right uh, we are going to definitely infuse it with thoughts like hey can i run a coverage which can say Vidya, you know what? I'm not going to let you go in because you you decrease the coverage from uh, X percent to Y percent, right? It's not an easy problem to solve, but again, in my words, it's simple, right? Okay. Uh, you just need to build it, start testing it, can run it, um, take take the power of cloud along with these kind of developments to increase developer experience, and uh, it it's a culture for me, right? Totally, like, uh, totally. the moment i say devops people think it's operations right and uh, a quote from uh, my previous company the md used to run the equities operations right and after we joined they wrote a document at the uh, at the start of the document before 
to uh, 2003 or so it was edited. Before this, it was only handled by him. Dot 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 dot. Right. And the moment he steps in to do operations, you learn a lot of things. Yeah. So that's why it's a culture to me. And the same way, quality Absolutely. has to be an engineering culture rather than a bystander that you can you know pick up in your bus, go drop, then pick up in your bus. No, that cannot be. I I for one believe that cannot be uh, the future cases for us. That it has to travel hand in hand. It cannot be a separate body. It has to be an embodiment of one engineer who thinks both development and quality. Yes, we can infuse a thought of doing an end-to-end uh, verification, but then I still think that we should employ people who can build the framework, set up exactly, the framework, uh, not just write the framework. Right? We should that should be a responsibility for everybody to think about it. Wonderful. That's that's very very. I'm very glad to hear this because um, this is really a living example of how engineering productivity and culture can be at different levels, can be enforced or actually infused at different levels. And it is not just through this test cases or automation that we generally get to, get to be introduced with when it comes to the quality concepts. But this is this is absolutely great. Like it's, it's personally my big kudos to your team that actually built this system. I'm, I'm, I'm just the mouthpiece here, right? There's <laughs> a lot that goes behind. There's a lot that uh, previous engineers, ex-engineers who have built. There have, there have definitely been some visionaries who have been thinking about it. Yeah, totally. That, that's totally, totally very, very true. So yeah, I, I think this is a great, great discussion. And as I said, I learned quite a lot and I am going to be looking up to Zenefit's engineering team as one team as a big inspiration for me as well to kind of think about these things at different levels. Thanks, Vidya. Thanks for giving me the platform to basically air my thoughts up. Uh, uh, I really thanks for you to make me comfortable basically adding some of these things and giving me the template. Uh, I, I still think uh, we have a huge amount of improvement. Uh, and I I am always of an opinion that like, you know, two things, never say never. And the second thing is, well, if I can think there's definitely lots of smart brains that can think uh, the same or much beyond, right? I'm sure you are in a journey to basically uh, unearth a lot of things. You yourself have been in this space for a lot of time, doing a lot of things. Uh, keep in touch. Let me also learn, like you know, new things that are coming up, like you know, what's happening in the other parts of the world. That's always my curious uh, mind. Uh, yep. Yes, and I always tell all the vendors, like you know, there's always a USB about something. That's that true. <laughs> cannot be like you know, you just go and. And as, as every, everybody says, right? no idea is wrong. No idea is crap. It just has a time and space when it can, yeah. can take its value. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I wish had Zenefits basically made the product out of the CICD. Oh, yeah. They, they should totally uh, make a product out of it. Passionately, the person who was in charge basically was very passionate about Lord of the Rings. So we have all the characters in the names. Of oh, the lovely. <laughs> right? So that's how the product names are. So um, keep rocking with you. Keep keep helping us also learn on this platform like you know what is coming up new what others are doing i think this is this is a nice platform for others to also air others to also question like you know things um, looking forward for a lot of things to be learned awesome thank you thank you so much thanks for your time thanks vidya bye bye